Good to be out here with you all this morning um, to, uh, oh, you press it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we are recording, so we're all good. Um, it's good to be out here with everyone this morning. Um, I'm thankful for uh, everyone that showed up here this morning. Um, I, I was thinking about it, you know, as we kind of started to see more people, uh, you know, gather together this morning, you know, around the Bible class hour. Um, it's such an encouragement to see uh, faithful people who love serving the Lord. Um, it's such an encouragement to see people who want to um, want to serve the Lord, want to ne- learn more about Him, want to learn about His will and His word for us. Um, but you know, I'm I'm just as encouraged when there are you know five people here, or when there are ten, because that means that there are people here who want to serve the Lord. There are people here who desire to know more about the Lord. No matter if there are a hundred of us or, or ten of us, um, it's not the numbers that matter. It's, it's people who desire to serve the Lord. And I think that's what we have here this morning, is a group of people who desire to serve the Lord, who desire to, to learn more about Him. And I'm, I'm thankful for everyone that was able to, to come out this morning and to find us. Um, I hope that you'll come back. I hope that you'll come back and uh, meet us again. I hope that you'll stay around after so we can get to know you better. Um, this is such a great opportunity that we have to, to be together with people who share a common desire with us, uh, and that is learning more about our, our Heavenly Father. Uh, this morning, uh, if you'll go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of James, uh, we're going to be reading uh, a couple of passages there from the book of James. Um, so I'm actually in the middle of quite a stressful time of my life right now. Uh, I'm going through uh, what the college students like to call as finals week. Um, it's, uh, it's quite, a, quite an interesting time, quite a, uh, quite a, a fun time, some might say, uh, maybe sarcastically even. Um, I think Josh over there can, can feel my pain right now, and uh, maybe Johnny as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough time when you're, uh, when you're forced to uh, cram an entire semester's worth of knowledge into your head and then regurgitate that onto a piece of paper in the form of a test or an essay or a project or, or something. Um, and as I've been you know, studying and uh, going through this process over the past uh, week or so, um, I've kind of thought a little bit about the, the idea of learning. Um, and it's kind of interesting if you think about it because we spend the majority of our, of our lives learning. And we spend the majority of our time as humans learning, learning facts and learning knowledge and you know you spend the first at least the first 18 years of your life in school most people spend you know another four to six to ten years after that in college Um, but even beyond that even if you're not in school you know whatever whatever you're doing in life you're gonna be you're gonna be learning something whether it's how to be more successful at your job or how to be a parent or uh, you know any 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 part of your life there are gonna be things that you are gonna be learning it's a huge part of, of our life as, as humans. Um, and I'm not, just, I'm not just saying this because I'm a, I'm a student and I'm in the middle of finals. This is something that applies to everyone, no matter what stage of life you're in. And really, this is a, a pretty crucial part of our society as a whole, if you think about it. Um, like I just said, like we spend a lot of time uh, in our early years and then you know, throughout our entire lives focused on how can I acquire more knowledge? How can I learn more? How can I... How can I figure out more about, uh, about this life? And so this morning, I'd like to turn our attention to the subject of wisdom. I think wisdom is a really important thing for us to think about because wisdom, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us a definition, a couple of definitions of wisdom here in just a moment that we can kind of work off of. But wisdom is important for us to, to know about because wisdom involves 
knowing how to apply the knowledge that we have gained. Um, as we go through this life and as we, as we learn things about the world and about ourselves, it requires true wisdom to be able to take that knowledge and to apply it in a helpful way. And so like I said, I'd like to give us uh, a definition, a couple of definitions of wisdom here as we get started so that we can be thinking about this as we go through the lesson today uh, and specifically learn some more about what, uh, what the source of true wisdom is and what, uh, what God can teach us about seeking wisdom uh, in, our, in our lives today. So a couple of definitions that I've, uh, that I've found from a couple of different books that I have um, on, on wisdom, not that I have a lot of books on wisdom or anything, but um, a couple that I, uh, that I read from a book actually that's a commentary on the book of James. Um, one definition of wisdom is knowing how to live in order to obtain the greatest result instead of the most immediately gratifying result. I think that's a, that's a good way of thinking about wisdom. It's, it's, it's a long-term focus. It's not just supposed to be something that is um, that we're thinking about you know, moment to moment. We're thinking about what is the best result? What is the greatest result that I can obtain? Not just the most immediately gratifying one. And then secondly, wisdom is the ability to see reality for what it truly is and not just what it appears to be. I think that, um, I think that this is something that I struggle a lot with, is, is really uh, seeing things for the way that they actually are. Seeing the world for what it, what it actually is. And not just what I interpret it to be, not just what my eyes see. Um, we, uh, we've been studying through Second uh, Corinthians recently, and it talks there about seeing things that are unseen. That just doesn't even make sense to us as humans, because if you think about it, if you're seeing things that are unseen, that's like not even the, the natural function that your eyes have. But this is what God is calling us to do. This is what God is calling us to, is a, is a higher standard, a higher level of knowledge and understanding than what we can just see with our eyes, what we can, what we can learn about, what we can put into our heads. This is something that uh, transcends reality. And I think that the book of James is really full of this kind of wisdom, um, a wisdom that looks to the greatest thing, not just the, the, the temporary thing, and a wisdom that looks to the real reality of what is going on in the world. Um, and I hope that this morning that um, we can truly try to take some lessons from the book of James about what the search for wisdom looks like and how we're supposed to go about searching out wisdom in this world. Um, I, can't, I can't say that what I have to present from the book of James this morning is anything that you haven't heard before or anything that uh, maybe you haven't even <clears throat> learned for yourself already. Um, but I really do hope this morning that as we go through this study of wisdom and what wisdom looks like and where wisdom comes from, um, that we'll be able to walk away from this wiser and, and more prepared to walk in this world with wisdom as, as God has commanded us to. Um, so the three main things that I want to look at from the book of James this morning, and I'll just go through these uh, briefly here at the beginning so you can kind of get a, a roadmap of where we're going to go in the lesson today. Um, first of all, all wisdom is from God. We have to view God as the source of our wisdom. Second of all, not all wisdom that the world has to offer is good. Actually, most of it is, is bad. Um, and so therefore, discernment is required on our parts in order to be able to, to decide what is, what is good and what is not. And then finally, growing in wisdom and truly walking in the way of wisdom requires both hearing and action. This isn't just something that we can take into our hearts and just leave there. This has to be something that is played out in our lives for wisdom to truly uh, have the effect that it's supposed to. 
Um, so we'll dive into James here in just a moment and start looking at uh, some of the, the things that he has to tell us. But before I do that, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer as we start our study this morning. <clears throat> our Holy Father in heaven, we are so thankful and grateful to you for the chance you've given us to gather together with saints this morning to study your word. Father, I pray that you will help us as we walk through the study to, um, to truly seek you and to, to view your words as truth. Um, Father, help us to, to realize that you are the source of wisdom, um, that your word that you've given us is uh, truth and that it is uh, inspired and it is from you. And help us to assign it the worth that it is due, Father. Um, and to not just, uh, not just be hearers of the word, but also to be doers, to truly live these things out in our lives. Lord, I pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> So I heard a, I heard a quote. Um, actually, I, I didn't hear this because this guy died a long time ago. But um, a long time ago, Socrates, who was a, a famous uh, philosopher, Vadim and I have had conversations about old Socrates before. Um, he said, "The only true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing at all." I think that that's a that's a really interesting thing to think about because that is so countercultural to everything that we b- tend to believe about wisdom in today's society. When I think about when I think about wisdom, when I first kind of uh, think about that in my in my own life, I think that um, wisdom is you know the the sum of all the experiences that you gained over the course of your life. You know, I think about people that I view as uh, as wise or as having some kind of wisdom, and most of the time they're people that are older. They're people that have gone through a lot, experienced a lot. Um, maybe people that have a lot of. Uh, learning from a university or have like a, a doctorate from, you know, uh, somewhere that is really respectable for some reason. Um, and, you know, those are the people that we tend to define as wise in the world's eyes. But I think that's, that's it's completely different when we think about the way that God defines wisdom. Um, and really, James make this, makes this one of the first points in his, in his letter here. Uh, turn over to James chapter 1. Uh, we'll reread what uh, what James uh, actually read for us this morning uh, in verses 5 and 6. Verses 5 and 6. James is telling us here what the source of true wisdom is. He says in verses 5 and 6, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So we see here that James begins his teaching with a very bold claim. If you lack wisdom, you just need to ask God, because God is the source of all wisdom. And you know, this seems, this seems so simple to us. It seems um, almost too simple to, for James to say here, well, if you want wisdom, just ask God. But if you think about it, um, what he's really saying here is that God, God is the source of all wisdom. God is where wisdom originates from. Um, and if we're going to truly seek wisdom in this life, where better to go than the source of that wisdom? In, uh, in, in, over in Proverbs chapter 2, uh, turn over there if you will. In Proverbs chapter 2, uh, this, this sentiment is, is reflected. Um, the same sentiment that James speaks about in his, in his epistle. In Proverbs chapter 2, uh, verses three, and, 3 through 6, it says, Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. <clears throat> then you will find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
and I'll, I'll keep reading actually. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. If God, God, is, God is truly the source of all wisdom, and if we want true wisdom, God has to be the one that we turn to. And it says here that wisdom is like silver. Wisdom is like hidden treasures. This is something that is valuable, something that is worth pursuing. And if we're really going to pursue it, God has to be the one that we turn to for that. But not only is, is God the source of wisdom, but we see this reflected in his son as well. Um, if you turn over to the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, I think it's really interesting here that in, in even the messianic prophecies, even in these, these prophecies that were telling of the coming king, telling of the coming uh, Messiah that was going to save Israel, the idea of wisdom and the idea of good counsel is mentioned even when describing uh, the Son of God. Uh, I'll read verses, uh, verses 1 through 5 for us here in Isaiah chapter 11. It says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. So Jesus is being prophesied here, and I think it's, it's, it's not hard to see the glowing terms that Jesus is described in. I mean, I don't think you can read uh, verse 2 and, and hear all, the, all that rests upon him. You know, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. This is a, this is a glowing picture of who Jesus is and what he represents. And, you know, I think, that, I think it's really interesting that Jesus is described in this way here because if you look there in verse, uh, verses 3 and 4, it kind of paints Jesus in a, in a picture as, as a judge, as someone who is tasked with judging the nations or judging uh, the people of the world. But it says that he will not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. Think about the, the judges that we, that we experience in today's day and age, you know, the, the, the Supreme Court justices or even, you know, more local, local judges that are deciding disputes between people. I think most of us would say that, or hope at least, that those people are some of the wisest among us. They're some of the people who have gained the most knowledge, the most understanding, um, and we give them the responsibility of deciding important issues about our government and about uh, crime and about whether or not we're going to you know, send people to jail for years and years or whatever. Those are, those are important, weighty matters. But it's amazing that Jesus is described as a judge here because Jesus... He does not, he, his judgeship is not uh, factored on things he can see or things that he can hear. It's, it's focused on and, and built on the foundation of this spirit of wisdom and understanding that comes from God. Um, like, I, like I said from verse 2, the spirit of the Lord is resting upon Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and understanding is resting upon Jesus. And I think that that should give us, give us confidence in in our Lord and Savior, in, in the fact that we serve a king who is going to decide justly, who is, who is wise above, above everything that we can, we can or ever have, uh, have imagined. This is the Savior that we serve. Um, and so I think, it's, I think it's important to recognize that, that both God and his Son is as a reflection of, of the Father. 
um, are the source of wisdom that we need to seek in this world. Um, but not, we, we can't just recognize this. We can't just say that, that we believe that this is true, that God is the source of all wisdom. This has to be something that is played out in our lives as well. And we're going to talk about that more uh, towards the end of our lesson today. But think about this as well. When was the last time that you prayed for wisdom? I know for myself, um, this is not a, a prayer that I frequently have. Um, and that, that's, that's a fault of mine for sure. Um, because what James tells us back in James chapter 1 is that we must pray for wisdom. I think that, I think that too often my prayers are focused on more... Um, I don't know how to describe it even, more physical ailments, you know, whether it's a stress that's going on in my life or, or even, even a spiritual situation with a brother in Christ or, or a spiritual condition in my own heart. But I don't know how often I actually pray to God for wisdom. Um, and so that would be my first encouragement to us today is if we truly view God as the source of wisdom, then we need to, we need to live that way. And the first step towards that is praying to him, praying that we will receive wisdom from the only one who can give us wisdom in the, in the, in the first place. Uh, turning back to James, uh, we're going to read another passage here from chapter 3 here in just a moment. So in, our, in, in the search for wisdom that we're going through um, as we go through this life, we're going to come across lots of different wisdoms. Um, I referenced Socrates earlier. Um, there's a lot of people who turn to philosophers, you know, whether they're of old or of the Renaissance or of the modern age, you know, there are a lot of people that turn to philosophy as the, uh, as the penultimate uh, quest for wisdom. Um, and no doubt, like, those were some of the, the smartest and most intelligent men that probably ever walked the face of the earth. Um, maybe not all of them. Some of them were a little kooky, but um, they, were, they were some very uh, smart men who had a lot of good things to say and good observations to make about the human condition. But I think that it's, it's easy to, uh, to get distracted by other sources of wisdom sometimes. It's easy to, uh, to place too much priority on other sources of wisdom and not place enough priority on the, on the true source of wisdom, and that coming from, uh, from God. Um, read with me in James chapter 3. I'm going to read verses uh, 13 through 18. James is really contrasting here the, the world's wisdom versus God's wisdom. And listen to some of the contrasts that he describes uh, here in James chapter 3, verses uh, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So how are we to find the difference between God's wisdom and the wisdom of the world? You know, I think that I think we're constantly surrounded by people and influences and books and television shows and whatever source of, of knowledge that you are you're turning to who are living their lives and who are making decisions based on the world's wisdom. Based on wisdom that in, in this passage here is described as not what comes from above, but things that are earthly, unspiritual, and even it says here uh, demonic. 
I don't think that we often view the wisdom of the world in this way. I think that that very often I uh, I I look I look to people that I, I would consider to be wise in the world or or you know someone that would be a good influence, and I think, oh well, you know whatever they said makes sense. That that's how I should that's how I should live my life. But that's not what is what is being described here. Um, if I think that I think that God shows us the results, and He intentionally tries to, to paint a picture here of what the results are of walking in the world's wisdom. If you look here in verse in verses uh, really verses fourteen through uh, sixteen, it talks about uh, jealousy, selfish ambition, uh, being false to the truth, um, disorder, every vile practice. These are not things that um, that are good things. No one, no one reads a list like that and thinks, oh, I want to I listen to people that are living their lives like that, that their wisdom results in, uh, in these kind of things. Um, we, we, we don't want that. I think what we truly desire is the peace that comes from the wisdom of, of God that is described after that, where it says that the wisdom from above is pure and peaceable and gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. This is the kind of wisdom that, that God provides, and the result of that is going to be the peace that we truly seek. Um, I think that it's easy to see based on, uh, based on the results here which way we should want to go. But it's not, easy to, it's not always easy to make that decision when we're thinking about how to make decisions based on wisdom in our everyday lives, in our everyday actions. I don't think whenever I'm making a decision all right, well, is this going to lead to peace or is this going to lead to disorder? Is this going to lead to, um, is, it, is this wisdom something that is earthly and unspiritual or is this something that's from above? Is this something that, is, that has God as its source? But I think that that's what God is calling us to do here is to make our decisions based on the standard of, uh, of wisdom that he has set for us here. Um, and if we do that, if we truly uh, live our lives in the way that is being described here in the book of James, then we're going to have the results that are given here. We're going to have this peace. We're going to have um, the, the gentleness and the, uh, the being open to reason um, and really the, the harvest of righteousness. Um, these are the results of walking in God's wisdom. And I think that, that it's important for us to try to think about that more in our everyday lives um, as we make decisions. Um, this, this ability to know the difference between uh, the world's wisdom and God's wisdom is definitely a difficult thing. Um, it's not something that is, is easy for anyone to, to grasp. Um, Paul actually talks about this back in uh, the book of Philippians, um, if you want to turn over there. In Philippians chapter 1, uh, verses 9 and 11, <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 and 11. Paul is, uh, is speaking to the Philippians here, trying to encourage them. And this is actually, he's telling them what he's praying for them about. So this is, this is a, definitely a concern of Paul for the Philippian brethren here. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What Paul is describing here is this concept of discernment uh, that he mentions there at the end of verse 9. Um, discernment, approving what is excellent, seeking out what is, what is the right and not the right way to live our lives. Um, 
and this is uh, this is uh, this is something that was was I'm sure difficult for the brethren in Paul's time, um, because he wouldn't have been you know praying for them about it if if it hadn't been, um, and it's it's important for us to remember as well that we have to we have to be careful to discern what is what is right and what is not, um, and a lot of that goes back to just doing what we're doing today. Um, coming together with brethren, associating with those who also care about finding out what is the right way to live, what is the wise and godly way to live. Um, and that's why I think it's important for us to be in settings like this, because we have to, we have to surround ourselves with people who, who have that same priority, who care about truly trying to discern what is the right way to live and what is not. Um, turn over to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14. We see another key principle about uh, about discernment here. In uh, in Hebrews chapter five and verse fourteen, it says, "But solid food is for the mature, and those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish evil from good." I think that, that too often I uh, I struggle with the the idea of uh, not uh, not being able to perfectly discern. Um, not being able to always perfectly tell or make the right decision always. You know, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to have growth in this, in this, uh, this journey of gaining wisdom and seeking wisdom. And what, what the Hebrew writer tells us here is that this, this power of discernment is something that comes through training. It's something that comes through practice. This isn't just something that you, uh, that you gain overnight. Um, it's something that has to be sought. We truly have to seek this discernment, seek the, the ability to distinguish good from evil. Um, but I also think that there's, there's a promise here. There's a promise that this can be attained. Um, God doesn't set goals in front of us that aren't attainable. God doesn't, God doesn't tell us things that we can't uh, accomplish. And so I think it's important for us to remember that as we are on this mission of uh, seeking wisdom, we have to we have to have discernment, but this is this is that's something that is going to come over time and with lots of uh, lots of practice, lots of uh, lots of trial and error. I'm sure, um, as as I'm sure we've all uh, experienced, um, but that's okay. That's 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 the that's the process that God is describing for us here, and that's uh, that's a process that we all need to be on. We constantly need to be striving more and more to find out what is the right thing to do and practicing that and testing that. Um, learning how better to distinguish good from evil. Uh, finally, the last lesson that I want to point out from, uh, from the book of James today is back in, uh, back in chapter 1 of James. So you can turn back there with me if you want. Back in James chapter 1, this is probably the, the hardest lesson uh, of wisdom to really uh, take to heart. But I think that it's also the most crucial because I think it goes back to the definitions that we talked about at the beginning. Um, I want to read verses, uh, James chapter 1, verses uh, 19 through 27 for us here. And as I read this, I want you to think about how, how we can, or what our responsibility is, after we have taken in this wisdom from God, after we have prayed to the Lord for wisdom and he's granted it to us, what are we supposed to do with it? Think about that as we read verses 19 through 27. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, 
<clears throat> if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religious, religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So James begins this by telling us that we need to be uh, quick to hear and slow to speak. Um, I think that that's probably one of the most commonly quoted passages from, uh, from James. You hear that a lot, you know, bridle your tongue like it talks about in chapter 3 and be quick to hear and slow to speak. Um, but these two, these, these two things are really essential if we're going to gain wisdom because if we don't listen, we're not going to learn anything. If we don't listen to what God has to tell us, um, we're not going to be able to even take in this wisdom uh, from the very beginning. Um, God's word truly is ultimate wisdom. I think that we've shown that this morning, that God, God's word and God himself are the source of wisdom. And we need to listen to that. We need to have our ears open to listen to what God has to tell us. And listening to God begins with uh, realizing our place. We have to realize that we are on earth and God is in heaven. Um, and that, that that alone creates a... Uh, a, a divide between us, but also a, a respect that we need to have for God um, more than we would for any, any wisdom that comes uh, from this earth. I think that means we need to treat God's word and the wisdom that he has with, with reverence. Um, we need to truly give it the, the reverence and the, the deference that it is due. But here uh, in verses 22 through 25, James talks about not only just hearing wisdom, not only just taking this into our hearts, but also doing it. Um, he compares this hearing wisdom and not taking action, um, this, this, this hearing what God has told us and then not doing anything about it, to someone who looks in a mirror and seeing their face, you know, maybe uh, I, I picture maybe this being uh, in, in the morning because um, that's kind of when I tend to look in, in a mirror most often. Um, but you, you see your face and you, you, know, you, you see this, this picture of your face there in front of you in the mirror. And then you walk away and forget exactly what it looked like. I don't. I don't know how. Um, I don't know how you forget what your face looks like. Um, I guess it, it might be. Maybe maybe it's possible, or maybe even common for some people. But um, when you when you when you look at a mirror, the point of that is so that you can see your face, so you can see the picture that is being painted there. And more often than not, when you look into a mirror, what do you do? You're gonna you know do a little bit of this, or you know do a little bit of this or, you know, change something about your appearance to make yourself look better, to fix something that was, you know, missing or broken or, um, I don't know, uh, crazy on your face, you know? You're, you're trying to, to fix whatever problem you just observed in the mirror. But what the picture that James is describing here is someone that looks at this mirror and then walks away and does nothing, even forgets what they just saw. And this is the same, the same picture is, is, is true for us. When we look at wisdom, when we look into God's wisdom and we see what he, uh, what he has to tell us, we can't just walk away and do nothing. We can't just, uh, just look into this, this perfect law of liberty that is described here and then walk away and do nothing with our lives. Um, if you do, then it is worthless. Um, 
it says it says there in verse uh, verse twenty six, specifically talking about this example of bridling the tongue again. If we are religious, if we say that we're religious and don't bridle our tongue, we're deceiving our hearts, and our religion is worthless in that in that instance. So even if even if you are looking into the law of wisdom and the law of liberty, as as is described here, but you don't do anything about it, that's not going to be worth anything. That's not going to have any uh, any long-lasting effect on our lives. If we want to truly be blessed in our doing, as it, as it describes here, we have to be doers who act instead of hearers who forget. And I think, I think more often than not, I fall into that second category. I fall into the category of people who, uh, who hear the word, who hear the way that I'm supposed to live my life, and I either forget about it or I choose to not follow that. And if that's the, if that's the path that, that I take or that you take, that, that can't be, that's not wisdom. That's not the, the result of wisdom that God uh, desires for, for us. And James really gives a perfect example of this here in verse 27. I already mentioned the thing about bridling your tongue, but he also goes on to talk about um, visiting widows and orphans in their affliction. This is what true religion is. And I don't think he's saying that like, that's the only thing that religion is focused on because obviously there's a lot of other things that are uh, kind of engulfed in, in our religion and our service to God. But what he's telling us is that this is what pure, uh, pure service to God looks like, is taking what you, have, what you have heard from the word of God and applying that. And, and a very specific example of that here is serving widows and orphans, serving those who, who don't have. You know, that, that's, that's a theme that is throughout God's scripture. And if we, don't, if we don't truly try to live our lives according to that standard and in obedience to those commands, if we, just, if we just hear those things, if we hear God say, hey, you need to be concerned about widows and orphans. Hey, you need to obey this command. Or, hey, you need to live your life this way. If we hear that wisdom from God and don't do anything about it, then it's worthless. It has no, uh, it has no value. And, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of different ways or different areas of our lives that we can apply this to. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to, to, you know, see what James is telling us here about bridling our tongues and about serving widows and orphans. But there are things that all of us do, even in our daily lives, um, that we truly need to turn to God for wisdom about. Um, I know that for me, a lot of the ways that I, uh, that I spend my time are just not very profitable sometimes. Um, I spend way too much time watching Atlanta Braves baseball and not enough time reading the Word of God. Uh, Blake might be with me on that one, actually, so uh, not throwing him under the bus or anything, but uh, we like the Braves. So. Um, but, you know, there's, there's commands in God's Word that, are, that talk about making good use of the time, that talk about being productive servants of God. And if, if I'm going to truly be following the wisdom of God, I need to live my life by that. I need to make decisions that are based on the commands that God has given me. And not just, not just say, well, you know, in this area of my life, I'm going to live by what I want to do. Or I'm going to live by my wisdom. Or I'm going to live by what the world thinks is, is the right thing to do. And maybe that's not even a conscious thought for us a lot of the times. I really don't think that it is most of the time. I think that most of the time we just go about our lives doing whatever we're going to do. Um, but that's part of the challenge here is that we have to put thought into this. We have to put effort into, into living our lives according to the wisdom of God. And know that, that we can't just be hearers of this word. We have to be doers. We have to, we have to take this wisdom and turn it into action. So 
we here in town we we've had a, a theme for the past uh, almost year now I guess um, and that has been that we're trying to learn more about how to shine as lights in this world how to be uh, how to be better examples to the world around us um, and I think that you know we we've had we, this is actually supposed to be a, a theme lesson on shining as lights in the world or or on our theme and um, I'm gonna touch on that here at the end but We've had a lot of different lessons that have talked about different ways that we can, uh, you know, differentiate ourselves from the world. That we can show the world, hey, God's way is different. God's way is is better. Um, and and I think that one of the best ways that we can do that is by living our lives according to God's wisdom. You know, you think about uh, people in the world, and I and I I um, I don't think I interact with this more than other people do, but maybe the same amount. I see people at my school all the time that do not know the wise way to live. And some of, some of that is reflected in their actions that they take, whether it's, you know, um, you know uh, immoral things or, you know, just wasteful things or whatever the case may be. There are people in the world that don't know the wise way to live. Um, and, and they're living by the world's wisdom. They're living by what they have observed, what they have you know, learned from their uh, their their past and the way that they were they were raised, um, and you know, honestly, like you can't really blame people like that. Like you can't blame people for for living according to what they know, because that's what that's what we all do. We live according to the wisdom that we know. But I think that one of our one of the biggest ways that we can shine as lights in this world is by living according to the wisdom of God and being open about that. And telling people whenever they see the way that we're living and see that it's different, show, tell them, hey, you know, I live my life according to a different standard. And that's the standard of God's word. That's the standard of the wisdom that God, has, that God has set from the beginning of time. I don't just live my life according to the standard of whatever the world thinks is okay today versus tomorrow. I don't live my life according to the standard of what my family thinks is okay or what my school or my peers think is, is all right. I live my life according to the wisdom of God, wisdom that comes from above, wisdom that is leading to peace and gentleness and life. Um, and I think it, I think if we if we truly reflect that wisdom in our everyday lives, it's going to, it's going to show a difference. It has to. I mean, if we truly live out this wisdom that is being described here in the book of James, there's no way that it can't uh, make an impact and show show out in our lives, and people will notice that. People will notice when you when you don't partake in the same things that they partake in, or when you treat your 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 coworkers or your friends or your family differently. Um, those aren't things that will just go unnoticed, and those are the opportunities that that we will have as Christians, as the people of God, to say, "I live my life according to the wisdom of God. I live my life according to the standard that He has set for us." And so that'd be my encouragement to all of us who are here today that are believers: is Live your life according to the wisdom of God. Um, live your life with knowing that God is the source of that wisdom. Know that it is reflected in his son Jesus. Know that this is a process that's going to take time. That's going to take discernment. It's going to take a lot of effort on our parts to truly figure out. But that it is something that's possible. And know that this is something that can't just be a mental exercise that we go through. This has to be this wisdom from God has to be something that we put into action in our everyday lives, or else it's worthless. Then there's no point in, in pursuing it in the first place. 
So I, I hope that I hope that this has been an encouragement to everyone who's here today. Um, if you are of the the way that I was describing just a minute ago, where you've been living your life according to the wisdom of the world, we want to help you with that. Um, I I hope that through the lives of the believers here, that you can see even just even just from a small glimpse today, that the wisdom of the Lord is so much better than the wisdom of the world. Um, I, and I, I hope that I hope that that is reflected in, in the lives of, of the believers here. Um, and if, if that's if, if you've been living your life according to the wisdom of the world, um, we're we're here to to talk to you about that to try to help you learn more about this wisdom of God. Because hey, we're all still here trying to figure it out too. We're all trying to go through this process of learning how to live our lives uh, on this earth, learning how to discern what is good and what is bad and what God wants us to do. Um, so if there's any way that we can help you with that today, we uh, ask you to come forward or talk to us afterwards uh, as we stand and sing. <laughs>